Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Beloved family, how are you doing? I pray that you're well. I'm wearing my coat because I'm cold today. Um, but all is well, and I am well, and I pray that you are also. You know, last week we had two feast days of St. Francis de Sales, uh, September 24th in the Novus Ordo, September 29th in the Extraordinary Calendar. It breaks my heart that there's two calendars in the Catholic Church. Talk about a split. Um, I wish they had, I wish we um, as a church could combine them and come up with one calendar. But St. Francis de Sales um, is very, very special to me. Um, I consider him my spiritual director from heaven. He, I prayed for that once, and um, I think he did take me on, and I'm absolutely thrilled. So I wasn't here to speak about those special feast days, and I wanted to read you something today. The National Catholic Register paper has an article um, on... St. Francis de Sales, and it's titled The Holy and Wise St. Francis de Sales Has Some Advice to Help You Become a Saint. And uh, you might know that St. Francis de Sales lived in the 16th century just following the Reformation. He's one of the greatest apologists the Church has, and he um, um, uh, wrote numerous books. His most famous is Introduction to a Devout Life, and then Treatise on the Love of God, and many other books. Um, and single-handedly through his tracts, through his apologetic tracts, he brought 70,000 Calvinists back into the church. He was the Bishop of Geneva. He's a doctor of the church, and um, he lived 400 years ago, um, but his writings are utterly relevant today. Um, and uh, he's, so he's one of the 37 doctors of the church, um, and he's known as the doctor of charity because of the gentle way he drew straying sheep back to the church while deepening the devotion of those already in the fold. I'm going to read this article from National Catholic Register. Um, truly, truly wonderful, St. Francis de Sales. I read this to our sisters in our priory here in Tyler, Texas. As a young priest before coming Bishop of Geneva, St. Francis de Sales re-evangelized the whole population of Calvinists in Chablis, France. At night, he would slip his writings under the doors of anti-Catholics, and the result, more than 70,000 people returned to the church. To celebrate the 400th anniversary of St. Francis de Sales, um, Tan, T-A-N, Tan Books has released a four-volume set of his writings, and it's called the St. Francis de Sales Signature Set. From just one of the books alone, one highlighting, consoling thoughts, we can see a beautiful sample of what this great saint, the patron of journalists, teaches everyone. He wanted to reach everyone and therefore made his timeless writings simple to understand for all, being most comfortable among the simple himself. And you might know that together with St. Francis de Chantal uh, in 1610, 
St. Francis de Sales and St. Jane de Chantal founded the Visitation of Holy Mary, known as the Visitantines today. And I took my one-year cloistered novitiate with that order in in, uh, Tiringham, Massachusetts. Uh, St. Francis de Sales, the article says, applies himself to what he counsels others. And this is, most of the article is quoting St. Francis de Sales, and he says... I know what sort of a being I am, yet even though I feel myself miserable, I am not troubled at it. Nay, I am sometimes joyful at it, considering that I am truly a truly fit object for the mercy of God, to which I continually commend you. This is, reminds me of, of uh, St. Therese of Lisieux, who who loved being a sinner in, uh, under the, the forgiving arms of God. St. Francis says, Since in every season of life, early or late, in youth or in old age, I can expect my salvation from the pure goodness and mercy of God alone, it is much better to cast myself from this moment into the arms of his clemency than to wait t- till another time. I'm trying to muffle my hiccups. this saint begins his consoling writings by focusing on the love God has for us from all eternity quote that God looks upon you with love you have no reason to doubt for he looks upon the most dreadful sinners in the world lovingly when they have the least true when they have the least true desire to be converted to him tell me do you not intend to belong to God? Do you, do you not desire to serve him faithfully? And who gave you this desire, this intention, unless himself in his loving regard for you? End quote. After mentioning some of the weaknesses that bring us misery, St. Francis de Sales continues, quote, But enough. Live joyful. Our Lord looks upon you with love and with so much the more tenderness as you are the more feeble. Never permit your mind willingly to enter thoughts to the contrary. And when they come, regard them not. Turn your eyes away from their iniquity and have recourse to God with a courageous humility to speak to him of his ineffable goodness by which he loves us poor, abject, and miserable as we are. End quote. While understanding that our weak condition might discourage us, St. Francis de Sales wants us to concentrate on the remedy. Quote from St. Francis. Our Lord loves with an extremely tender love all those who abandon themselves entirely to his paternal care, allowing themselves to be governed by his divine providence without considering whether its dealings toward them are sweet or bitter, being assured that everything coming from his paternal heart will be for their good and advantage. Placing their confidence in God, they say, My Father, I commend my soul, my body, all that I possess into thy hands, that thou mayest do with them in thy love what pleases thee. Whatever happens, nothing will move me from my firm resolution of acquiescing in the divine will 
concerning me and all that belongs to me. I wish to bury my will in that of God, or rather, I wish our Lord to will in me and for me. According to his good pleasure, I cast the care of myself into his hands, end quote. <clears throat> Beloved, if you can hear that electric saw through through the radio, uh, through the program, it's because uh, uh, some company is cutting, trimming trees outside, so we can't interfere with that, but I hope you can still hear us. St. Francis de Sales also writes, quote, we must possess a continual and imper- imperturbable equanimity amid the great variety of human occurrences. And though all things change around us, remain immovable with our eyes fixed on God alone. And though all things, I will not merely say around us, but even within us, should turn topsy-turvy, whether our souls be joyful or sorrowful, in peace or in trouble, in light or in darkness, in temptation or in repose, in happiness or in disgust, through the sun, though the sun scorch or the dew refresh, we should always keep our will fixed on the good pleasure of God as its sole and supreme object. It is true that we require great confidence to abandon ourselves without any reserve, to divine providence, but when we do, when we do abandon all, our Lord takes care of all and disposes all. End quote. The article, the author of the article says, St. Francis teaches us to be like little children who cast their cares on their parents and run to them for protection. Our Lord said, let the little children come to me and do not stop them. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of heaven belongs. And then he said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And on this theme, St. Francis de Sales teaches us, quote, And we, like our heavenly father's little children, can also advance in two ways. First, by the steps of our own will, when we conform it to his Hold, that's to our Lord's will, holding the hand of his divine will by that of our obedience and following wherever he conducts us, that is to say, doing what he signifies to be his wish. For when he wishes anything to be done, he always gives the power to do it. And secondly, we can accompany our Lord without any trouble of our own, merely allowing ourselves to be carried by him according to the divine good pleasure as an infant in the arms of its mother by an admirable agreement which is called the union or rather the unity of our will with that of God. I don't know about you, beloved, but I can purr like a little kitten when I read St. Francis de Sales. Um, He represents God's love and mercy to us. There's the music for our first break, beloved. We'll be back after the after this break to continue uh, complete this article, and then we'll take your calls and your texts and your emails. Well, not your texts anymore. I'm sorry. I think the new equipment cannot take texts, but your calls and your emails. Toll free one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. 
Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. Many of you are familiar with Mother Miriam Live, but I wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the Station of the Cross, such as The Catholic Current. Father Robert McTague discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime to The Catholic Current as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. What's your go-to for interpreting the Bible? You go on Sinatra, he did it his way, or you go on Magisterium, we're doing it the Apostles' way. Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. The Magisterium. What's that? That's the indisputable 2,000-year teaching authority of the Church. The Catechism says, the task of giving an authentic interpretation of the Word of God has been entrusted to the living teaching office of the Catholic Church alone. Secondly, a stark contrast. Again, the Catechism says, the Magisterium is not not superior to the Word of God, but it is its servant. In contrast, the megachurch pastors are coming up with some crazy stuff. They tell us, quote, God is doing a new thing, or the Lord spoke to me this. Humorously, out from all of this, they become their own pseudo-magisterium. And thirdly, Mr. Sinatra, your voice and your music in the 40s swooned my mother, but with lofty lyrics and a lot of ego, your advice from the 1975 hit, I did it my way, falls short. Come on, let's get under the comforting shade of the magisterium. What you're offering and giving to me, you deserve to get back because you're offering more than I can give. I learned so much through the station on the cross. I listen to the radio station daily and I absolutely love it. I was attending the chapel and places like that and through your programs I was able to find out how other Protestants had come back into the Catholic Church. God bless the station of the cross. Donate today at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved family, to Mother Miriam Live. I am she, and I am live, and I'm thrilled to be with you. And our phone lines are open. You're welcome to call in with anything on your heart or to email. And um, right after the second break, we'll take your calls and your emails. Um, And the toll-free number, if you'd like to get a head start, and with anything on your heart, uh, is one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. We're in the middle of an article um, from the National Catholic Register um, on Saint Francis de Sales and his many many quotes. He's one of the thirty seven doctors of the Church. He lived in the sixteenth century, Bishop of Geneva and returned, helped 70,000 Calvinists to return to the church and established, founded the Order of Visitation of Holy Mary uh, with St. Jane de Chantal in 1610. He's my favorite saint. Do you want to know my favorite? He's my favorite saint and my spiritual director from heaven. <clears throat> He's a great treasure. And he often says to us to not be afraid. Here's a quote. Do not look forward to the occurrences of this life with fear. Now, if you have a hard time hearing me, you hear that saw in the background right outside Monica's house. They are trimming trees on the block. So we cannot do anything about that. So hopefully you can hear my voice through it. 
St. Francis says, do not look forward to the occurrences of this life with fear, but accept them with perfect confidence that as they happen, God will protect and deliver you. He has guarded you until the present. Hold fast by the hand of his providence and he will assist you on all occasions. And where you cannot walk, he will carry you. What should you fear belonging to God? who has so emphatically assured us that all things work together for good to those who love him. The true servant of God, St. Francis says, is not solicitous about the morrow. He performs faithfully what God requires of him today and will perform what God will require of him tomorrow and the same the next day and the next day without a word. <coughs> Another time, St. Francis de Sales writes, Fear not evil to come upon you from this world, for perhaps such evil will never happen. And even if it should happen, God will strengthen you. He commanded St. Peter to walk upon the waves. And St. Peter, seeing the winds and the storm, was afraid, and fear sank him. He sought the assistance of his master, who said, Man of little faith, why didst thou doubt? And reaching out his hand, our Lord helped him. If God requires you to walk on the waves of adversity, fear not, doubt not, God will be with you. Have good courage, and you shall be delivered. <clears throat> the author of this article in the National Catholic Register says, No doubt, there are troubles in the world and the church, along with personal and family Difficulties And regarding this, St. Francis says, whatever leads to discouragement, to despair, to trouble, is contrary to charity, which teaches us to make every effort, though with fear and trembling, but never to distrust the goodness of God, who wills all men to be saved and to come to penance. I've told you uh, on one broadcast that... Um, at one point, I had received a letter in the mail, and it made my heart just sink like a lead ball. And I got a call from a friend at that moment, and she said, Hi, Roz. My, I wasn't a sister yet. I was, I was hoping to be one, but Rosalind Moss, my name, my given name. And she said, Hi, Roz. How's everything? And I said, Well, if you called me five minutes ago, I would have told you it was terrific, but I just got that letter. I was sunk in discouragement. And she said, that's from the devil. Discouragement is never from God. And she was right. And she is right. And every time I tend to get discouraged or I feel an attack, uh, come on, whatever it is, I say, get thee behind me, Satan. I'm not interested. And discouragement I, is never from God. It's never from God. And if it's not from God, it's from the devil. I'm not interested. Just bat it away like a ping pong ball. And St. Francis urges us again, keep up your heart and remove anxieties. Often cast your confidence on the providence of our Lord, including his providence to have allowed you that issue which discouraged you. <clears throat> he says, and be assured that heaven and earth will sooner pass away than our Lord will fail to protect you. So long as you are his obedient child, or at least desirous to be so. The author writes, in every situation, Francis de Sales repeatedly teaches the importance of doing God's will. 
Jesus and Mary show the way, and it is prayed in the Our Father. In one instance, St. Francis makes an easy-to-understand comparison, quote, As he who sails on board a ship does not advance by his own motion, but by the motion of the vessel, so the heart embarked on, uh, embarked on board the divine good pleasure should have no other wish than that of being carried by the will of God. And then no more will the heart be heard to say, Thy will be done, not mine, for it will no longer have any will to renounce, but it will say these words, Lord, into thy hands I commend my will, as if its will were no more at its own disposal, but only at that of the divine providence. St. Francis de Sales shows us that to be a good servant of God is to be charitable toward our neighbor, to possess an inviolable resolution in the superior part of the soul to follow the will of God, to have such a profound humility and simplicity as will make us confide entirely in God and rise again when we fall to endure patiently ourselves and our objections and to endure tranquilly our neighbors and their imperfections. To possess such characteristics, the author says, is a sign of humility. Francis de Sales says, for why should we think it strange that others have imperfections when we have them ourselves? Humility makes our heart meek toward the perfect and the imperfect toward the former through reverence, toward the perfect through reverence, toward the latter, the imperfect, through compassion. Humility helps us to receive sufferings meekly, knowing that we deserve them, and favors reverently, knowing that we do not deserve them. And then St. Francis counsels us on temptations, quote, thoughts which cause vexation and agitation of mind cannot proceed from God, who is the Prince of Peace, but are temptations of the enemy, and therefore to be rejected and discarded. Be not troubled, however great the temptations that assail you. Let the enemy rage at the door. Let him stamp, thump, romp, yell, do the worst in his power. We are sure he cannot enter, but by the door of our consent. You hear that, beloved? Satan cannot enter except by the door of our consent. Let us keep it closed, often taking a look to see that it is properly fastened and there is nothing to fear. You will tell me, but he annoys me. Let me start that again. St. Francis says, you will tell me, but he annoys me. Um, Satan annoys me. And the noise he makes outside is so great that I cannot understand or arrange anything well within. Patience, he says. Courage. Provided that he does not enter, all is right. It is a very good sign if our enemy knocks and storms at the door, for it shows that he's not where he would wish to be. If it were open... He would no longer cry out. He would, he would enter and take a seat. Remember this so as not to fall into scrupulosity. Remember what I think I told you before, St. Francis de Sales writes. It is a very good sign that he remakes it so much. 
I'm sorry, let me do that again. It's a very good sign that he makes so much noise. The devil makes so much noise and disturbance outside the will, for it shows he is not inside. And courage, so long as we can say with resolution, though without consolation, live Jesus, there is nothing to fear. And to conclude, St. Francis says, these temptations, like others, are but afflictions, and we must rely upon the assurance of Holy Scripture. Blessed, quote, blessed is he who endures temptation, for having been proved, he shall receive the crown of life. That's in the letter from James. I must inform you, St. Francis de Sales said, that I have seen few persons advance in holiness without this trial. And therefore, we must have patience. Our God will send the calm after the storm. End quote. A few more quotes from Francis de Sales just before our break. When we observe that persecutions and contradictions threaten us with some great annoyance, we must take shelter, both we and our afflictions, under the Holy Cross by a true confidence that all will return to the good, to the good of those who love God. And the author introduces this next comment with the comment, God's mercy is unfathomable. St. Francis de Sales writes, we deal with a mass writes, we deal with a master who is rich in mercy to those who invoke him. He forgives a debt of ten thousand talents on a small petition. He forgives it and we must have sentiments worthy of his goodness. We must serve him without fear. No, we must serve him with fear, the fear of reverence, not to be afraid of God, but to um, work out our salvation with fear and trembling because we do work it out before God. We must serve him with fear, but while we tremble, we must not cease to rejoice. The humility that discourage us, discourages us is not God's humility. And I'll say, beloved, if it's not God's humility, um, you don't want it. He constantly boosts our confidence and hope, St. Francis does. Quote, God loves us. He knows what we require better than we do ourselves. Whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. To him belong the keys of life and death. Those who hope in him. Let me start that again. I'm sorry, beloved. Whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. To him belong the keys of life and death. Those who hope in him shall never be confounded. Let us not amuse ourselves so much with trifles. Let us look only to his most holy will. Let, let this be our beautiful star. It will guide us to Jesus Christ. Either in the crib or on Calvary. He who follows it will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of eternal life, which is not subject to death. This entire article was written um, by Joseph Pronichin. I'm sure I'm not pronouncing it right. He's on staff with EWTN, um, uh, who owns the National Catholic Register. Um, he's a staff writer with the NCR. Beautiful article, and I thank him for it. Joseph Prodekchen, um, and we'll be right back. God bless you.
might have gone to church, you know, at Christmas time, gradually quit going. It's not as scary as I thought it was. It's a much more warm and open place, and God really is about love. It's not about the rules and the things that I remember as a young child. It really is about the love that God has for each one of us that's so um, deep and wonderful. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for February 3rd. Today we celebrate St. Blaise. Devotion to today's saint is more real than many of the stories about him. For Catholics who have had their throats blessed on the Feast of St. Blaise, the 4th century bishop is a source of consolation. Born in Armenia, Blaise became a bishop. Life was difficult for him and his flock. Religious persecution still raged, and Blaise himself was forced to flee to the countryside. There he lived as a hermit in solitude and prayer, making friends with the wild animals. According to legend, one day a group of hunters stumbled upon his cave and found the bishop kneeling in prayer as wolves, lions, and bears patiently waited for him to finish. As the hunters prepared to take him off to prison, a mother came with her young son who had a fishbone lodged in his throat. At Blaze's command, the child coughed up the bone. Another account has the mother bringing the bishop food and candles while he was in prison. We do know that Blaze met a violent death around the year 316. Challenged to sacrifice to pagan idols, he refused and was beaten, tortured, and finally beheaded. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I am she, I am live. Um, and we have this whole half hour to ourselves, so you are free and welcome. Our lines are open to call in. <clears throat> Excuse me, with anything whatsoever on your heart. Toll free one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, and you may email at mother at thestationofthecross dot com. We have Michelle on the line from Pennsylvania. Hello, Michelle. Hello, mother. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much, and thanks for your call. I was just wondering about um, all the Catholic circles are talking about a Eucharistic revival, and I don't really know what that is. Is that a good thing? Or maybe you can explain it to me and tell me what your thoughts are on it. Well, it would be a good thing if it's a true revival. Uh, how is it taking place? What are you hearing? Um, I don't know. That's what I'm calling about, because it's in the bulletins. It's everywhere about a Eucharistic revival. And I don't exactly know what that is. And what do the bulletins say? Are they inviting you to a church at a at a time, at a place, at an event? Um, I guess so. I'm not, I'm not uh, really sure what it is. Well, I don't know either, Michelle. But um, I know that the USCCB, the bishops, um, have been talking about a Eucharistic survival. Uh, survival. <laughs> That's a slip for sure, Eucharistic survival, revival. Um, 
and perhaps there's a program going out to the parishes. But I see it as a tremendously tragic thing, Michelle. Eucharistic revival, if it's really teaching on the Eucharist, on how our Lord should be reverenced and worshipped, on how the Eucharist should be rightly distributed on the tongue and on the knees, um, and uh, with patents and not the, um, the travesties that are happening today, that would be a good thing. But I don't see any sign of it myself. Um, the bishops themselves who put this revival together are the ones who have approved President Joe Biden, um, a fake Catholic if ever there was one, receiving the Eucharist, receiving Holy Communion, and desecrating the sacrament. Nancy Pelosi, others who are in, in politics that are uh, that claim to be Catholics, and they are not Catholic in their lives and in their practice, and they speak. Uh, they, they are for abortion and same-sex so-called marriage and gender ideology, and they're not Catholic. Um, and they receive the Eucharist. It is a desecration. Uh, so the only way that there could be a true Eucharistic revival is if the USCCB, who represent the bishops of the United States all over the world, unfortunately, will... Uh, teach truth and care more about souls than what than their reputation uh, and their partnership with evil um, and they and the church itself reformed to truly worship God in the Eucharist and treat that consecrated host as he should be treated until then to me it's it's a joke it's it's there's nothing to uh, there's nothing to revive. It's against the faith. Thoughts were. Um, my daughter did say it was the USCCB that was doing it. Yeah, as you said this, I'm not aware of anything that I've heard, but I do recall that they talked about a Eucharistic revival. And so they've probably put it out to all the parishes. But they are the ones that are uh, allowing... Uh, fallen away Catholics who support abortion and other evil things to receive the Eucharist, they are the ones giving money to um, Catholic relief services and other so-called Catholic organizations that support abortion and give out condoms and all of that. So I cannot respect anything that comes from the USCCB. And whatever the Eucharistic revival is, if it's true and good, I would support it. But the only way I could see a Eucharistic revival is if parishes would, uh, re- would have kneelers and re- serve the communion on the tongue and with a patent so that there are not uh, peace particles all over the floor that people walk on Christ. That's the Eucharist- Eucharistic revival to me. That would be the only revival. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Um, okay. I didn't think it was a good thing. I didn't want to come right out and say, is that a bad thing? I just wanted to hear what your thoughts were first. It would, the words are good. It would be a good thing if they're doing a good thing. I don't know what the parish is doing about it. If, they, if they're going to have conferences on the Eucharist, 
it's a good thing. But if they continue to distribute the host as if it's a piece of common bread, uh, it's, it's horrible. Total des- desecration and sacrilege. Well, my, my gut instinct was that you were going to say, but I just wanted to hear what your thoughts. I'm glad. Thank you so much for clarifying that. You're welcome, Michelle, and God bless you, dear. And, you know, if your church, if your parish has one, uh, such a thing as a Eucharistic revival, and the Eucharist is still being treated like a, a cracker, a common piece of bread, uh, irreverently, then um, no one's going to believe what is said. And and uh, it, it would be a good thing for you and maybe uh, your husband or another uh, couple of people to make an appointment with the pastor and say these things, not angrily, not criticizing him, but as as hurt sheep, you know, that our Lord is being so poorly treated. I, I agree. Um, I'm, I've been taking it by the the Eucharist by the tongue, and I've had some people shake their heads at me, um, and I don't care. I still do it. You must not care, and you must always be a witness to what is true and holy, always. So that's very good. Very Thank good. you, Mother. You're welcome, Michelle. God bless you. We have an email from Mary. Mary says there is an ordinary at Mass this evening, a high holy Mass with candle Mass procession. That was would have been yesterday. And blessing of the throats today. Um, high holy Mass with candle Mass procession and blessing of the throats. Well, yesterday would have been candle Mass and today blessing of the throats. I'm not sure if they come together. There are not any other churches in the area holding processions or blessing throats. Is this man fi- mass fine to attend? Yes, it is. I'm guessing it's the Anglican ordinariate. Um, yes, uh, it's it's legitimate. Pope Benedict the Sixteenth uh, welcomed them into the church, so it is Catholic, and it is fine. If it's an if it's a Catholic ordinariate mass, and you want to confirm that? Yes, but as long as it's a Catholic ordinariate mass, it's absolutely fine to attend. We have an email from Amanda and, and says, uh, Amanda says, hello, mother. I am not Catholic. I have never been a Catholic. I have listened to Catholic radio off and on for years, particularly your show. It has brought me great peace, even when these failings are combined with guilt. I have felt a tug for a long time to convert to Catholicism. Unfortunately, my life to this point has caused me to have a lot of shame and confusion about how to move forward. I feel that I will be rejected. Um, Amanda, before I read on, on your email, you will not be rejected. Christ is the one who died for you. There's not a single sin or lifestyle on earth for which he did not die. I I haven't read further into your email. Whatever it is, he died for you. He loves you. He waits for you to come to him that he could give you all of life. He will not reject you. God does not reject you. Amanda writes, I am divorced. I am an unwed mother. I have had an abortion. I do not know how to move forward in the Catholic faith, and I'm even unsure whether to step foot in a Catholic church. My goodness, Amanda. <clears throat> I wish you lived down here in Tyler, Texas. I would drive to your house and pick you up and take you to church. 
um, our Lord died for every one of those sins and for you. Um, she says, no one in my family is Catholic, so I really have no support around me moving forward in this direction. I would appreciate your guidance or whether you even think it's worth trying to figure out. It's worth heaven. Amanda, it's your eternal salvation. She writes, thanks very much, and God bless you, Amanda. Amanda, here's what you need to do. Look up. Now, you can look at any church, but I'm going to suggest... Uh, a Latin parish. I, the only reason I won't suggest Novus Ordo is I never know what you're going to walk into. It might be a good priest with a Reverend Novus Ordo, but I don't know where you are. I have no suggestion for you of what church to attend. Um, see if there's a Latin parish in your diocese um, and make an appointment with the priest and tell him all of this and tell him your sins and there's nothing he hasn't heard, Amanda. There's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing that you just that I just read from your email that a million people uh, are not guilty of themselves. It doesn't make sin acceptable, but it is the reason why our Lord came to earth and died, that we could have life and have it to the full. And so I would... I would ask you or beg you to go to a priest, and if you can't find a Latin church, go to a regular Novus Ordo church um, and go to the priest and tell him that um, you've, you've had sin in your background and you're not worthy to come to God. Nobody is, Amanda. He died for the unworthy in order to make us worthy. We are not worthy. He died for us not after we got our act together, not after we believed, not after we straightened out our life. He died for us, Romans chapter 5, while we were yet sinners, while we were yet in sin. We nailed him to the, we nailed him to the cross. And so he died for us. Um, and he lives for us. All we need to do is come to him with a heart of repentance and give our lives to him and follow him. So go to a Catholic church, Make an appointment with the priest. Again, if there's a, if you can find a Latin parish, that's great. If not, go to any Catholic church and make an appointment with the priest. Tell him your situation and that you'd like to take instruction to come into the church. If he tells you that there's an RCIA class, Rite of Christian Initiation for Adults, that'll start next September, just walk out of that church and don't go back. You're not going to wait till September. This is January. You need instruction, and you could even come in maybe this Easter, maybe not, but don't let him let you wait uh, for, uh, for eight months. Don't do that. This is February, rather. Um, and Amanda, uh, I, I pray that you would do that, sweetheart, and that you would give a call back to me and let me know how that's turned out for you, and we will pray for you. Um, we have Joan on the line from South Carolina. Hi, Joan. Hello, Mother. How are you, dear? I'm wonderful, sweetheart. Thanks so much, and thanks for calling in. You're welcome. Um, I had an experience yesterday, um, which will only make you and me sadder. Um, I was at the 6 o'clock Mass last night, and um, the Eucharistic minister um, actually, uh, I always take it by mouth. I do not take it by hand. Um, she actually dropped the host in front of me. She may not have he, known how to put how to put him on your tongue. That may, might yeah. have thrown her off. 
So she dropped well, the host. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and the way she was holding it with her thumb and her ring finger, which is the weakest finger on your hand, I knew right away, I'm not even sure why you were doing this. Anyway, she hesitated to pick him up. Um, and I almost grabbed him myself because he can't be on the floor. Um, and then she proceeded to give me another one and had to go ask the priest as she got back to the altar what she should even do with it. And the whole thing just made me ill. Yeah, of course. Was the host still on the floor? She, she, it took a second, but she finally reached down and picked it up because I was going after him and she didn't. Okay. So she picked it up, but, or the host up, but gave you a different one. Well, that's what should be done, uh, and someone needs to consume him for sure, and and to double check uh, to see that there are no crumbs. Those things happen. They shouldn't happen. That's why there's a pattern beneath your chin, or should be. I would talk to the priest about that. The Station of the Cross is listener-funded, and we value your ongoing generosity. In this fast-paced world, it's easy to let your recurring donation slip due to something like a new address or a card number change. If you suspect that we might not have your up-to-date donor information, you can check with us during regular business hours at 1-877-888-6279, extension 104, or anytime online at thestationofthecross.com. We the people are guaranteed five freedoms in the First Amendment. Freedom of speech. Freedom of religion. Freedom of the press. Freedom to peaceably assemble. Freedom to petition the government. Only the United States has these five freedoms so simply bound together and guaranteed. Think first. Learn more at thinkfirstamendment.org. Here at the Station of the Cross, we proudly bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices, and we're grateful for the feedback we've received. Catholic radio has just been a lifesaver for me. I start my day with it. I listen to it all day long as much as I can. There's always people calling in with people who've lost children, and I love everyone has to say and the advice of the Catholic Church and how to deal with suffering. It has given me the strength to get through the day and to get out of bed each morning. I am very grateful. Catholic Radio to me has been very informative on my religion. It has informed me of many things that I wasn't aware of or should have been aware of, and I've enjoyed it very much listening to it. If you've been blessed by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112, then share your testimonial with us. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved. Uh, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm live, and we, this is our last segment. We have 10 minutes, and our lines are yet open, and you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart. Um, and Joan, from uh, who called just before the break, um, I mentioned I would speak to the priest about that, not because it's a crime to drop the host, but 
I, I mentioned three t- things to him. She should not be holding it between her thumb and her ring finger. She needs to be taught how properly to hold it and how properly to place it on the on someone the host on someone's tongue. Um, and there needs to be a server with a patent. And we can't just pick him up off the floor without checking for crumbs and all of that. So um, it, it, it would be good for you calmly and respectfully to talk to your priest about that. If you would succeed in, in, in um, having him agree to have servers with patents, you will have done a great, great thing. We have an email from Liam who says, Hi, Mother, I just love you. Thank you, Liam. What are your thoughts about the purple scapular? Well, I tell you, Liam, I just looked it up because of your email. I did not know about the purple scapular, but I just found it on the Mary Foundation. Um, And it's a very good article. It says, In 1878, in a small town, In the northwest corner of France, Our Lady and Jesus himself appeared to the approved mystic and stigmatist, Marie-Julie Jaheny. They showed her the truly astounding scapular of benediction and protection, the more uh, more commonly known simply as the purple scapular. Now, I don't just read articles at random and believe things automatically, but I know of Marie-Julie Jaheny, great prophet, who God used uh, to tell us about the three days of darkness and many other things. And she is an approved mystic and stigmatist of the church. And the article says, Our Lady promised Marie Julie that those who possess this scapular will see their family and home protected from fires, chastisements, storms, and darkness. They will have light as if, they were, as if it were plain day. Crucially, it is like a lightning rod beneath which the blows of divine wrath will not strike. Jesus also revealed that those who reverently use it will be spared the troubles of the soul and will be sheltered from danger as if they already possess heaven. I won't continue to read the whole article, but you can find it at Catholic City, um, Catholicity, K-A-T-H-C-A-T-H-O-L-I-C-I-T-Y dot com, Catholicity dot com forward slash scapulars forward slash purple scapular, etc. That's the Mary Foundation, and they give you the full story of the scapular and the miracles that have occurred with it protecting people and how to order it if you wish it for your home and the prayers that are to be said with it. And people get this and just hang it on their wall to protect their home. Um, It it looks good to me, and I'm going to look further into it um, later. Later today, I, I suggest that it's a good thing to look into, and it's um, um, promoted by Bud McFarlane, who is um, a very stout, orthodox, wonderful Catholic. Okay, now, let me just see. Uh, we have Linda, an email from Linda, um, who says, Hi, Mother, my husband and I are doing our will, and they want us to get a living will. I don't know who they is. Is that okay? Yes. I don't want to do anything that is not right with Catholic beliefs. Good for you. I'm a convert to the faith, and I'm still learning. Thank you, and God bless Linda. Not only is it okay to get a living will, I, I would say it's, it's a necessity for a Catholic 
so that you um, you request what is right according to Catholic teaching. In other words, that they don't take you off support, uh, they don't take you off food and water, at least. Um, if you're on a machine, they can't take you off food and water, and uh, you, you should be buried in a cemetery or whatever. You need to specify uh, what you want to be done. And if you um, go on the internet and look up Catholic Living Will, um, I don't know that you can order one, but it'll tell you everything that should be in it or that can be in it and maybe give you some samples. It's a good thing. We have an email from someone who writes it anonymously and says, Dear Mother Miriam, hello, and I hope this finds you well. Thank you for your program. It's been a lifeline for me. Blessed be God. Although I wish to remain anonymous, I would like advice regarding my 28-year-old son. He has been struggling with opiate addiction and has not worked since 2018. Before that, he was an alcoholic and took other recreational drugs. He has lived with me, his mom, for the past four years, just the two of us. His dad and I divorced 18 years ago. We were married in the Catholic Church, but the marriage had been annulled. My ex has always been an atheistic agnostic. I tried my best to raise my son in the faith, but failed. Now, the failure could be part yours, but your son has free will and uh, also has made his choices. She writes, my son is presently on methadone maintenance and trying to taper. He is not abusing any substances, but he's becoming increasingly withdrawn, rude, resentful, and hateful towards me. He has cut almost everyone out of his life, and I am worried that I will be next. One year ago, I retired, and we moved halfway across the country, where it was cheaper to live, but we are very isolated. I have been praying fasting and making sacrifices as much as I can. I tried attending the only Latin Mass here, but it, in quotes she has, rejected me. Long story. So I now go to a fairly devout Novus Ordo parish that allows communion on the tongue. I have asked some of the priests in the diocese for advice. They generally say, don't get upset, try not to do too much for him, praise him, and pray for Mary's intercession. And I do my best to follow it. I have reached out to the local mental health association and a devout Catholic friend is praying for us. But the situation is getting worse. Thank you again, dear Mother Miriam. We're almost at the end of our program, dear one. Your son needs psychological help. He's 28. He should no longer be at home. He's not working. This is not a good situation for him. And it's not a good situation for you whatsoever. You need to get him health. He either needs to see a licensed psychotherapist or he needs to go to a, uh, uh, a home for uh, disturbed young men. Uh, if he's that disturbed, it, it sounds like you have a limited time to find help for him. So look up um, mental health places because he's in trouble that way and speak to them and tell them the situation with your son and ask them if he, they can meet with him to give you uh, guidance 
um, or if they can recommend who you could speak to. Don't continue to let the situation happen and simply pray. You need help and he needs help. Uh, So he could either go into a mental health facility or get psychological help or somehow be in a group or men's facility where they can help him. Um, Okay, there's the music for the end of our program, beloved. Um, God bless you. Blessed Feast of St. Blaise to you. And um, um, uh, what can I do? Reach out, beloved. So many people are hurting in this world. Reach out to them with the love of God. And just like Amanda wrote in, if anyone thinks they are not worthy of God, you tell them that neither are we. No one is worthy. He died for the unworthy, and he loves them, and he's waiting for them to come to be saved. We'll speak with you on Monday. Have a blessed weekend.